This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your hour of thrive time be- 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 begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want you to know that your investment today is going to yield tremendous results as we've got another fantastic show full of rich content that's going to help you thrive in your life. And by the way, today you're listening to this program. It is here in the U.S., the weekend, uh, sort of Independence Day weekend, 4th of July weekend, even though it's really... Tuesday, uh, and this show is obviously airing on a Sunday, but the spirit is in the air. The spirit of, of, of independence is in the air. And I want to take the time to just thank all of you that have uh, served our country in a way that you have provided the, those degrees of freedom that we now enjoy. Uh, I come from a long line of those who've served uh, our country in a number of ways, so I certainly value uh, independence. I value freedom, as I'm sure you do as well. So whatever you're doing this weekend, I hope you're having a great time. But today's show is going to highlight yet again why pursuing things of value is worthwhile. We're going to have one of the uh, premier in his time. In his, it's, a, it's past now. <laughs> But one of the premier wide receivers from the NFL, a big fan of his, I am, because he played for the New York Giants under Bill Parcells way back when, when, uh, when I was uh, living in New York and, and Bill Parcells was the man back then for the New York Giants uh, as the head coach. But a wide receiver who holds a record that is only held by three others, and you'll hear that story as soon as we bring him on in the next segment. But Myron Williams is going to join us today. He's also going to share his heart and how he has gone beyond the gridiron and now impacting the lives of others in a very significant way. So there is someone that today is utilizing his independence and his freedom to bring the freedom of not only impact to the lives of others, but more importantly, giving others a chance to recognize that your circumstances do not dictate your future and you can break free from the uh, the environment, the mindset that might be toxic around you and still enjoy a life of impact, a life of influence, a life of worthiness, and more importantly, a life of value. We're going to hear from him today. We're also going to hear how, as an entrepreneur, you can exercise your freedom in choosing the right people. And when I say the right people, I mean those who really have creativity flowing through their veins, not regurgitating and rehashing what they hear in the echo chambers of marketing, branding, social media strategizing. I mean, we hear a lot of that today, right? There's so many folks out there today, and I get contacted by them many, many times. It's just about every, every other week I have someone reaching out to me and offering their services, and I'm sure some of them are very good, but if you are in business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're connected on social media in any way, any shape, uh, form, you know that you have at some point been solicited by those who are considered social media strategists and they want to improve your branding and so on and so forth. But most of them, or I shouldn't say most of them, many of them are just regurgitating what they've heard elsewhere and just adding on their own little twist to it, nothing really spectacular. And unfortunately, you find out way too late and after a bunch of money that it did not pan out the way you had uh, expected it to, at least hoped it would. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. So we're going to have a chance to talk about exercising your freedom of choice once you do your homework and finding out What's the right fit? How do you know that someone is a legitimate social media 
strategist, someone who knows how to maneuver social media, but more importantly, how to create a brand for you that stands out, that becomes memorable. So we're going to have a chance to hear from Carol Lee from CMC Marketing. Now, one thing about Carol Lee is that, and by the way, and I say, I call her Carol Lee because she's been on the show before, and that's what's so exciting about this. I love having return guests to the show who who continue to pour value. Carol Lee Moore is not only the founder of CMC, but she's also the co-host of the podcast, Be More Mindful. And it's a, a great story that she has her own, in her own right, with her own way of creating this brand. And now she's leveraging her knowledge to help others. So Carolee Moore will be here to share with us how do you choose the right people that will help you take your marketing to the next level. She's a brand strategist. So freedom, let it ring because you and I have the opportunity to exercise freedom, to make better choices uh, not only for our lives, but also to impact the lives of others as well. I want you to know that the next hour you're going to have is going, the next hour invested with us, yet again, it's going to yield great results. But I want to finish off my opening segment here with my Thrive Talk. My Thrive Talk today is really centered around a personal story that I think many of you can relate to, to an extent, uh, maybe not the specifics of the context but certainly in content. I, I, I last year had a chance to attend a bodybuilding show. Now, many of you who know me and know my story and have a chance to visit my pages know that uh, uh, I'm a big health uh, and fitness guy. I've always been involved in the nutritional world in the sense of staying fit and, and believing that health is, a, is an important component of your thriving life. And I've been a competitive bodybuilder since I was in my 20s. I took some time off. I've chronicled that story last year when I came back after 27 years of not competing and I kept a promise to myself back then and I ended up winning the entire championship. Well, here we are as of today, yesterday, I competed and I also was able to do very, very well in a competition that a year ago, I stood there a year ago in Dallas, I went to visit a competition that kind of stirred everything up in me again. It was the first competition I'd seen after 27 years. I had decided that I wanted to go back and compete. And that's what I did one year later. You know, keeping promises to yourself are so important. And that's the theme of my Thrive Talk. Oftentimes, you make promises to others and you keep them. I, I would hope that you would keep them. But you make promises to yourself and you're not, you're not as diligent or sincere to keep them. Here's what I mean. A year ago, I made a promise to myself that I was going to compete one year later in the competition when it would come back around in Texas. And the part for me that is most satisfying, my friends, it's not the fact that I did well in the show wasn't the fact that uh, I, I, I qualify for, for a, uh, a much bigger competition coming up now in the fall. It wasn't that at all. In fact, I was telling my kids, it was the fact that one year ago, I sat down in that audience and I was inspired by the, the competitors and I remembered how much I enjoyed uh, competing. And I said, I even took a picture in front of their promotion banner in the lobby of the uh, arena where they held the competition. And I said to myself, I'll be back next year. I'll be back next year. And boy, <clears throat> so many things have happened in the course of a year. I mean, a number of things have happened <laughs> in the course of a year. It's amazing how so many things can, can come your way in 12 months and that can derail your plans or provide you good enough legitimate reasons not to fulfill whatever promises you were uh, you made to yourself or whatever goals you had. I mean, we've all been uh, we've all experienced that, right? But 12 months later, in the midst of all the things that have happened, I was so proud of of myself because I kept a personal promise, and it emboldened me uh, to make to to recognize uh, and and strengthen my realization that. I can make a promise to myself and I'm good for it. I want to challenge you today that if you're going to make a promise to yourself, be good for it. And the way that you become good for it, when you make your own personal promises, not promises to others, 
not promises to third parties. I mean promises that you make to yourself for some personal benefit, some personal goal, something that's happening where you make a promise that you're going to do this, that, and the other. When you make the promise and you keep the promise, you're going to be that much more emboldened. You're going to be that much more convinced that you are a personal promise keeper. It's one thing to make promises and deliver those uh, upon those promises, which is a good thing to others. But the person that it is most important to keep a promise to is yourself, because you're the one that looks at yourself in the mirror. Isn't that true? And if you can't believe in your own words, if you can't believe in your own commitment to your own personal promises, then you're going to have a difficult time not only making further personal promises for things that are equally as important, but you'll have a tough time believing that you can even make and fulfill promises when you make them to others. So I hope that our Thrive Talk today instills in you an understanding that the most important person that has to keep personal promises to is you. You'll be emboldened. You'll be thankful. You won't be, uh, you'll be a lot more courageous for the next personal promise that you want to make, even though it might be a little bit uh, more of a challenge, but you'll see it through. I stood on stage yesterday again and and the awards didn't matter. What mattered was I made a promise 12 months earlier and come hell and high water, which I went through in 12 months. Here I stood, there I stood on that stage 12 months later, proud because I kept a personal promise. I challenge you to do the same. We've got a great show ahead. We'll catch up with it right after the break. Hey there, Grow Getter. Are you a new or aspiring entrepreneur who is tired of all the different messages that you're getting about how to grow your business? Or maybe you are a seasoned entrepreneur who has been experiencing burnout and not really sure where to go right now with your business. Well, my name is Carolee Moore, and I am the co-host of the Be More Mindful podcast, where we help you to shift your mindset so you can transform your business. If you want to learn more, visit us at www.bemoremindful.com. That is B-M-O-O-R-E mindful.com. Hi, this is Jay Maney. As a lifelong fitness enthusiast and professional bodybuilder, I know the importance of removing impurities and flushing out toxins to maintain a healthy colon and intestinal system. This is why I take and recommend Renew from First Fitness Nutrition. It also has helped me replenish my probiotics, which is necessary for a healthy gut. Learn more at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. About to have a fantastic conversation in-house. It's one of those conversations that I've been looking forward to ever since I had a chance to meet Byron Williams, our, our featured guest for today, um, at an event. It was a birthday party for another NBA superstar um, that was on our show prior, uh, Mike Williams, right? And right. Uh, yeah. we had a chance to meet there, right? right? And uh, boy, I tell you, there are some people that when the minute you meet them, they are so endearing that you and that, that you become almost like brothers from, a, from another mother, right? Right. And, uh, but more importantly, you really get behind their cause and their movement. So we're going to have a chance to hear today from Byron Williams. Byron, uh, one of the reasons I like Byron so much because he played for the New York Giants, I actually played for Bill Parcells way back when in uh, in 83, right? Right. And is a career NFL, a record holder, wide receiver in the NFL, in very good company. He's going to share that story. But more importantly, uh, apart from his athletic career and his, his uh, achievements on the gridiron, is what he's doing today also to help others and the impact he's making in the lives of others, especially children. And we're going to have a chance to talk about his Best Wishes Foundation as well. So we got a jam-packed session. Byron Williams, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. All right. Thank you so much, Jay. Appreciate it. Byron, I was excited to meet you. Um, you know, when you and I met, you had your pin on, which you have it on right now. You're in studio, so you had your pin on. And I knew right away that, okay, this brother's got some history. There's a resume to him. Let me find out who he is. And and then you and I got together, and the more I learned your story, I was really impressed with a few things that I want to talk about. Um, I was impressed with your perseverance. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with the fact that you went wherever you needed to go. 
uh, to continue playing the sport and and really excel at, at, uh, at driving your passion forward, right? You didn't quit. You kept going. I want to talk about that too. Okay. Uh, and now you're giving back. Right. right, you're giving back in meaningful ways. So let's take it all the way back, Byron. Let let's get us caught up to speed on the history of Byron Williams, and we'll pick it up from there. Okay. Well, I was born in Texarkana. Uh, it's a city on the on a half of it on the Texas side, half of it on the Arkansas side. I'm from the Texas side, and I got a football scholarship to UTA, mm-hmm. um, uh, University of Texas Arlington, and they did away with football a couple of years after I got drafted, and. Um, but now I'm um, I'm at my high school sweetheart. We've been this is gonna be our 40th year. All right. And I have two daughters and got two little grandsons, and they up in Frisco, Texas. But mm-hmm. mainly just um, you know I've been played uh, NFL, CFL, and I was the number one receiver in the World League. And um, so I I've been around and seen a lot of things. But my heart and my passions always go back to my hometown mm-hmm. to do something. And this weekend. Um, Will be my 29th year to do my football camp. Oh, excellent! Very good. So he's got 33 decades of bring, of having a football camp in your backyard, right? Basically, right, right where you grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk a little bit about before we get to that. I want to talk about uh, the fact that you played for. Well, you got rec- you got drafted by the Packers, right? Right, uh-huh. and then you had a stint over uh, at the Eagles and the Giants, the Colts, and then. You went to, to British Columbia to play there too. I want to learn early on what was it like when you've got uh, when you were recruited by the uh, the Packers, mm-hmm. but how competitive was that environment back then? And and what is it that people don't understand about the competitiveness of the sport early on in college, and what you need to do to separate yourself to be noticed by the NFL draft uh, organizations? Right, and uh, you know I think uh, once they find out they they put a certain group of players on on the NFL list. And I got on that list my sophomore year while at UTA. I was guess physical size, and I was pretty, pretty fast. I ran a four. My best forty times was a four two three. Wow! Uh, but I could run a four two eight most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that right there kind of put me in that that category that you know this guy got the talent and skill set to play play in the National Football League. So um, was able to get drafted, but but definitely just working hard and and continue to just you know stay focused on. What you need to do, um, surround yourself with the right people, and and then then taking advantage of getting an education. So mm-hmm. that was the things that I had to stay focused on. You know, you said get around the right people. You hold a record uh, as a wide receiver that you're in good company with others. Share that with the audience if you could. Yeah, uh, the first four games that I started with the Giants, I, I, I the Giants signed me with eight games left to go, and so the first. Four games that I played, I had 100 yards in the first three of the four games. And the other players that have done that is Julio Jones in 2012, Amari Cooper did it in 2015, and Justin Jefferson did it in 2020, 2020. So mm-hmm. um, I was the first guy to do it in yeah. 83, 83, mm-hmm. so my rookie year. So all those guys uh, made made a big splash as well in the NFL, introducing themselves to the, to the league. So let me ask you something. You you that's early on in your career, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lesson in that because sometimes people get involved in whether it's sports, academics, a career or business and they skyrocket, right? They right. do all of a sudden they have this fantastic uh, successful entry into whatever they're doing and then things don't pan out the way they want things to pan out right and some people throw in the towel some people pivot some people get out of it completely some people do something that makes no sense for them to do it anyway. What went through your mind when you had that that great year, mm-hmm. and then things started to change a little bit? Right, and you know, injuries set in 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 the league, and and so when that happened, um, my third year, after my third year with the Giants, I started getting pulled muscles and things like that. So I went from the Giants to the Colts, and then I went up to Canada, and I just couldn't stay healthy. So because I was, you know, pretty speedy guy, but mm-hmm. I always pull a muscle. Right. So it's always about the timing, and and also. The, the coaching philosophy and some of the coaches that you have that's coaching you. And so some of the things back then, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't, a, wasn't a good time for me. So that's when I went up to Canada and then I came back and then I went to the World League. So playing 13 years of, of as a wide receiver was one of those things like, a you know, up and down type situation. Mm-hmm. But I was still doing some of the things that I had passion to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was able to share my testimonies and, and, and and get back. I think now that I can relate to a lot of these kids that are trying to get to the next level, you know, I try to tell them that the most important things is, is try to get certain things in, in place, like mm-hmm. have a game plan 
and making sure that game plan fits and, and that you surround yourself with the right people and right decision-making. So those are the things I always try to go back and, and share. And then after I got through playing football, I was able to get into the track and turf business where I went to all the high schools in the, in the state of Texas, uh, talked about putting in football fields and turf 400-meter running tracks. And that was a good a good um, good time for me as well because I was able to speak at banquets and talk to some coaches, and they would have me come in and, and speak to some of the young athletes that um, mm-hmm. need to hear some stories. Let me ask you this. Mental toughness. Let's let's talk about that because as I'm having this conversation with you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know my audience. My audience is their go-getters, high performance. But everybody goes through this lull of discouragement, disappointment, right? Things mm-hmm. aren't panning out. How did you stay mentally strong? What did you do to stay? Because you had 13 seasons, right? right? Fighting through injuries. Mm-hmm. You went here. You went there. Um, after a while, that's taxing, not only physically, but it's got to be taxing on you emotionally, right. mentally. How did you stay, apart from physically strong, mentally strong, to keep coming back season after season in different locations? Well, yeah, I, I had a couple of coaches, I think, too, that was um, that really spoke to me and and kind of helped me solidify, you know, the reason why I'm here. And and so I, the, the coach that I played for up in Canada really loved me. He, you know, he he um, he was like a father figure. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bill Parcells was the kind of guy that didn't cut any corners. He knew exactly, you know. So those coaches, you know, once you get mature minded, you start putting things in the proper perspective. Okay. And so when I start doing that, that's it started making sense for me to you know, to settle down and, and, and see myself clearly of what I need to do next. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, you know, being married and, um, and, and, and being settled, you know, I had two daughters. And I, th- I think that, too, uh, was a big factor for me to, you know, to make sure that I could stay on that focus road. Mm-hmm. So you had other people holding you accountable. Right. And that, as a result of that, that forced you to stay focused and mentally tough. Right. right? You couldn't throw in the towel. You had people relying on you. Absolutely. And, you know, I... I didn't mention this before, but I'm one of 10 kids. I'm the eight out of 10. Mm. Um, I have seven sisters and two brothers. And, you know, we was all born at home. I wouldn't, you know, one one had a silver spoon at all. And, you know, my parents, you know, they stayed married until death did did, did apart. But together, together, you know, looking back on everything, I think, you know, looking back how I was raised, looking at my grandmothers and my, my grandfathers and things like that really did help me kind of solidify of things I need to do, you okay. know, make sure. Let me ask one last question. I, I, I've got to ask, you had to come to a decision mm-hmm. that it's time to stop, right. right? There's people that when it's time to stop and pivot and, and find something, they have a hard time letting go, especially the, the more passionate you are about something, mm-hmm. the harder it is to let go or to allow yourself to transition. How did you do that? How did you, after 13 seasons, what went through your mind that you said, okay, now it's time to let this go? And then you talk about the turf industry. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, but at what point did you decide, okay, it's time to let it go? Well, and you, what would you advise somebody who's I, at that place? I honestly think, you know, most football players typically know that in your 20s, that's when you have the most productive time in your, in your career. And, you know, when I got in my 30s, I, you know, you start slowing down and you still have the same mindset. But, you, you know, your body is not the same. You know, mm-hmm. your aches and your pains and things. So I was experiencing that as well. And for us, staying in shape and, and preparing myself, uh, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had to start saying, what is it that I need to do next? I think um, you need to be mature-minded and make sure that, you know, it's, life is all about being truthful to yourself. And so I had to consider those things. And, you know, um, but one of the things that – I was able to do is start mentoring guys and even some, some players like I did football camps, um, for Terrell Owens, um, um, uh, Brandon Carr. I mean, a lot of guys, I did football, Michael Crabtree. I did a lot of football camps cause I was mentoring those guys as mm-hmm. well. Cause not only did I have past experience of playing in the national football league, but I also could let them know that coming back and sharing your story with the young kids is very powerful mm-hmm. and very impactful. So that, that so I I had I started focusing on how should I give back, and it ties into you know just being passionate about what you know and what you've learned over the course of the years. You know I I think that's a good point. One of the ways that you can let go but not really let go mm-hmm. is if somehow you stay connected and you've done that by kids 
right? The the, the football camps going into the now your thirtieth year, 29th, but you know pretty soon be thirty years, right? Um, and staying connected. Plus, you also have another role with the NFL in terms of retirees, and just share that a little bit too. Yeah, I've been involved with the uh, NFL Players Association, which is a union, mm-hmm. uh, handling all the benefits. Um, it's thirty four chapters across the country. And I've been uh, president of the Dallas chapter since 2010, on and off. And then I just, I'm just coming off the executive board with Priest Holmes uh, down in Austin and San Antonio area. And and so with me being in that in that space as well, have helped, um, you know, share uh, and help uh, retired players, being current or former players, mm-hmm. to 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 also see what's out here for them, for us, the benefits, the uh, the pension, um, all the like they they want to get their degree completion program or get their masters. We have all of that stuff packaged for these, for these former players. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really good. We you know we have our meeting at the end of this month that we meet quarterly. And sometimes more than that, I get calls all the time. And they ask me what number do I need to call for the, to you know, to go to the dentist and, and things like that. So I really enjoy that. I'm, I'm kind of like a, a, a person in between, and they can, you know, be able to see what their mm-hmm. benefits are, and then they can go to the, to the platform and find out. And it, every, all of us got a number that's attached to our name, and once you put that number in, all your information come up. Let me ask you this: so, you and I had a chance to chat about, and you mentioned earlier, education, mm-hmm. right? You took your academic development serious when you were in college, right? You already knew ahead of time that I'm probably going to get drafted. I'm going to the National Football League. But you didn't sidestep education, right? Right. right. Um, number one, how important is that for young athletes who are, you know, pursuing big dreams of professional sports? How not to, you know, cut that corner? But then also, how along the way to develop, even if you make it to a professional sport, start working on an exit strategy. Start working on a backup plan because on any given day, the last Sunday could be the last day you play. Right? Absolutely. Anything, anything. Yeah. Um, and I've had a chance to interview some some NFL uh, Pro Bowlers on, on on the show and Super Bowl champions, who they developed uh, side hustles mm-hmm. even while they were still playing. Right. As the backup plan, how important is that? That is so important because I mean it's it's something constantly that you're gonna be confronted with. Um, you know, we you always got to know some about your finances, and you know, if you if you uh, played. In the NFL, you can get your your masters. I mean, everything is available to you. We got like seventy companies that are affiliated with the NFL. You get fifty percent off on discounts and Union Plus. I mean, it goes from insurance and because after five years of of retirement from the NFL, you have to get your own insurance. I mean, they drop your insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's certain things in life that you know that you have to know and 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 understand. Because it's, it's still that you have to carry on. You mm-hmm. know, you have to make sure you and your family can be in a good situation. So um, all of this stuff is available to those players. And it's up to them to understand that whether you're going through a divorce or anything like that, you know, that's very important. Mm. Let, let's, let's look at where now your focus is, the Best Wishes Foundation. Um, in our last few minutes here, let's talk a little bit about what inspired you to start that foundation mm-hmm. and what is it doing in terms of community outreach? Right. Um, what, what inspired me was when I go to the schools and a couple of coaches will say, Byron, you know, we got four or five kids that's homeless. Uh, mm. Byron, we, we got some kids that, um, you know, just, um, their parents went through a divorce. And so when I, when I learned about that, then I said, I want to start the best wishes foundation. Because I used to always sign my name, Best Wishes, Byron Williams. I'm 87. Bible All right, the there Giants. you go. Good time. And I had my guy to look it up, and it was available, bestwishesfoundation.org. And that's the website, and so that's what we try to do. I try to, you know, give out backpacks. Uh, we we go in and have pizza parties. Mm. I have some of the school counselors or school principals that tell me. They identify the kids for me, and the kids don't know. I just say, you know, you just can't, you know, we just pull your name. But they don't know the reason why that, that we are servicing them, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then we, we'll go and give them um, uh, gifts for Christmas and things like that. So, I, I really enjoy that because, you know, we're doing something and the kids don't know the reason why we're doing it. But there's a purpose behind the reason. 
And that's wonderful. You are definitely pouring back into the community. The foundation, the website is bestwishesfoundation.org. I guess that's where people can go to support mm-hmm. not only the foundation, but see what you got going on where they can volunteer or be of, of help uh, economically or just with their time, right? Or right. Where, where they could uh, certainly point you in the right direction where communities that can benefit from the work you're doing. Byron, you are a stand-up brother. You know, you're doing, I believe you're doing greater work than what you think you still, than, than what you think you know you're doing. Your, your work is touching the lives of those that you're probably never going to meet. And uh, that's, uh, there's no greater calling than that, brother. Um, you've leveraged your, your athletic ability in a way that's meaningful personally for you and your family, but now you're doing it for others. And even players, still with the players in, as, far as, the, uh, as far as the union goes. So I appreciate you being here, brother. Anytime you've got a message, you can always come back and deliver it here because the world needs more guys like you. Well, thank you very much, Jay. I really appreciate uh, being here. And you, know, you and us, man, I mean, we were meant to meet. Yes, sir. So we, it was a great time yes, to we meet were. you. Yeah. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I mentioned in the beginning of this program that part of enjoying and exercising your freedom and your independence is being able to make the right choices, using that independence to seek the knowledge and the wisdom and the resources of qualified people. Well, I'm excited because Carolee Moore, as I had said earlier, she was on our show not too long ago, a fantastic episode. She's the co-host of the Be More Mindful podcast. But as I said earlier, she's also the founder and CEO of CMC Marketing Company. And she's going to join us today to share with us her insight and wisdom and perspective from a brand strategy, uh, how to maximize the best decisions when you are looking to promote your business in a memorable way. We're excited to hear the second half of her story. Carolee Moore, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you so much for having me again, Jay. Very, very excited to be here. Uh, Carolee, let's dive right into this. I'd like to know, we know the story behind the podcast, but let's find out the story and the inspiration behind CMC Marketing Company. Well, really, the genesis of all of this is from my slight obsession, really, with storytelling my whole life, um, whether it's writing, dancing, singing, art, uh, that's what I was doing since childhood. And then it seeps into my professional life. And I think after having a few just really bad experiences with marketing agencies while in corporate, um, when I decided to take that leap into entrepreneurship and really say, okay, now what do I really want to do? I knew that I wanted to combine this idea of storytelling, but now give small business owners the opportunity to work with companies, um, CMC marketing company being one of them, that actually cares, that will help them to tell really good stories, to connect with the people that they want to connect with, and obviously um, build their business and their revenue. So that is, I would say, the genesis of CMC marketing company. I love it, and I love the fact that you exercise your freedom to launch your own business, and and that now look uh, where that decision has taken you. I want you Absolutely. to know the 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 there's so many others out there that are launching into this entrepreneurial world. They're they're working with startups, right? In fact, our prior guest uh, Larry Williams, just so that you are aware, uh, Carol, he works with a lot of athletes that are also transitioning from football, the NFL, because uh, he was a former NFL wide receiver himself, 
And now he helps them figure out what do I do next and what are the resources. And a lot of them, as you know, a lot of NFL uh, pro athletes are, are starting their own businesses, starting their own companies. But from right. your perspective, where do startups fail in establishing their brand in probably a crowded marketplace? I think one of the biggest things that you can do is not plan. And a lot of times for small businesses, and it's no fault of their own, right? You're trying to do so many different things, and marketing kind of just comes as the last thing you need to do, and you throw it together and you hope it works. And if you're not developing a plan, if you're not thinking big as a small uh, small business, a lot of times that's exactly what you're going to end up having, which is kind of a wishy-washy situation, maybe four or five years down the line, having to completely rebrand because you didn't plan for the five years and work backwards. Mm. So I would say the biggest thing uh, that we've seen, and it's kind of the easiest way to fail, is to not actually plan out um, your marketing. You know, I think that's, a, that's right on point because when I, when I speak with a lot of owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of authors, a lot of brand-new coaches, the one area they overlook is exactly what you're talking about. How do you create a brand that's memorable? How do you begin to plan for it? And I think they realize way down the road when things aren't working that they missed that first critical step. So you're, you're right on target. Exactly. So let's, let's – you've got an established – we're talking about a startup, but what happens when you have an established business? They're established. Now they want to reinvent. They want to reinvigorate a brand that is failing. How do they – how do you do that? I think the biggest thing – and I'll talk more about different ways that we've done this, um, is understanding what's actually wrong. <laughs> you can't solve a problem mm-hmm. that you're not aware of. Uh, I think right. a lot of people try to go through feelings. Feelings can only get you so far. You can feel like something is working and it's actually failing. You can feel like something is failing and your customers are not feeling that way, right? And so really trying to understand outright what the issue is is the first step and then going off of what that is and building it you're going to use that word again a plan <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to attack it um a lot of people try to hop skip and jump over that first step so even before figuring out what the strategy is you really do have to understand what the problem is at its core yeah i, I think there is there's a lot uh, to be said about that and when you are reinventing yourself or reinvigorating yourself in anything whether it's business whether it's brand whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's relationship, parenting, academics, whatever, you've got to do what I've often said in the past. You've got to take a moment to reassess. Right. What you're reassessing is, okay, what's working, what's not working, and let's right. get a plan to, to continue to do what's working, but let's revamp. After you reassess, revamp what's not working, and you need a plan. So you, you and I think alike. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, my next question really has to do with a prior guest that I had who was an attorney. He's an, he is an attorney. When I was asking him, Carolee, uh, do you have a website? Do you have uh, social media handles? He says, no. He says, I just got a small little website. So I thought to myself, is this guy out of his mind? He has no social media strategy, but he wants to create uh, a name for himself in the, in, in the law, the type of law that he practices. So I, I, I said to him, are, are, are you not aware that it's important to have some kind of social media presence if you're creating a brand? And his answer to me was, well, it's law. It's boring. It is what it is. How drastic a mistake is it when entrepreneurs have that kind of mindset and they don't leverage social media strategies? So I'm going to actually probably be unpopular with some marketers because everyone wants to shout from the rooftop that social media is the silver bullet. There are businesses. I won't say that. I would put the legal field in there, <laughs> but there are businesses and industries that you really don't need to be on social media to do. If you are a solo entrepreneur, <laughs> I, I think that that is beyond incorrect. Um, and so if you are going to be on social media, you absolutely need a plan. Uh, the same thing for if you're going to build a website, you need to actually build the website um, that is going to get you business. I don't understand the point of doing anything um, if it's just to kind of have it there. I don't mm-hmm. operate that way. I try not to, as we're talking to our clients, 
we're pushing their mindset away from just kind of like, well, I'm just going to be on social media because I know I need to, and I'm not really going to do anything with it. At that point, you might as well not be on there. So there are industries that they operate solely on referral within that ecosystem, and you have to find mm-hmm. different ways to build your business within that ecosystem. I've met uh, people like that. Um, there's a particular person who uh, was earning millions of dollars and had zero social media presence. So it's possible in specific industries. But I would say for someone who's trying to build a brand around themselves, absolutely, a thousand percent, that is a huge, huge mistake to not focus in on social media. And if you're going to do it, uh, owning one or two platforms, not trying to be on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, Facebook, all this. Why? <laughs> if you are an attorney, right. LinkedIn is your best friend. Facebook, maybe a second. You don't need to be on TikTok unless you have a personality that votes more well, you know, toward that side or you're interested in maybe uh, entertainment um, mm-hmm. legal. So for me, the short answer is no, you don't need social media, but if you're going to be on it, you need to do it right. You know, there is a lot to be said about picking the right platform depending on what you offer. And yeah. uh, I, I agree with being super cautious of putting yourself out there based on what you do on the wrong platform that either doesn't get any traction or the wrong traction. Um, yeah. Or you invest a lot of time, energy, and money, and you're fishing in the wrong pond. Right, there is right. such a thing as fishing in the wrong pond. So, great answer. And I, I know that this is a flooded field. This, the so-called marketing and branding strategist uh, title is, it's, it's flooded. I on LinkedIn, I there's so many folks that reach out to me that are brand strategists. What should someone <laughs> seeking marketing and, and branding help uh, look for? and a so-called expert when the field is flooded with so many who call themselves marketing and and branding experts. In your opinion, what should people be looking for? I could write a dissertation on this, but I'm going to try to write <laughs> <laughs> right, Give me the trailer um, version. You only got about two minutes left exa- here. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, now, I've been in this field for almost 15 years. Um, and what I've seen over the last few years is that there are people, number one, calling themselves agencies uh, when they went and got a course, <laughs> um, and now they're experts. What you look right. for when you're trying to find an actual expert is someone that is going to go beyond just the delivery of the service. So if you're trying to get um, a rebrand for your business and they're just offering you a logo, that is an mm-hmm. because branding if you are a brand specialist and you understand how to build brands is so much more than your logo. And if you're talking to a business and that's all they're trying to say, okay, we'll do a beautiful logo for you. And they're not talking about your ideal clients. They're not talking about market research. They're not talking about how to actually position you in the marketplace. Those are missed opportunities. And it's probably because they have no idea about those things, right? They just know how to to create something beautiful you can go on fiber for that. Um, but if you're really wanting an expert and a specialist, you have to, first and foremost, kind of have that where it's going beyond just the delivery of the service. Second, I would say, do they have people? Do your people have people? And what, what I mean by that is, do they have folks that they've worked with before that can actually speak on their behalf? That's right. For, That's right. For CMP Marketing Company, we have video testimonials. We have written testimonials. We have Audio, just audio testimonials. We have, I mean, statistics. Uh, we have everything that you could ever imagine, and we send that out with our proposals. And you have the phone numbers to our clients to call them and ask, hey, how has this gone for you? If you are trying to hire a reputable agency, you need to make sure that they have people. Do they have proof? <laughs> and do they have people to back up what they say they can do? And then lastly, it's, and this is a big one for us, Do they, are they talking about other things outside of what you're hiring, hiring them for? Do they, do they understand business? Do they understand how business works? If it's someone who's new in, into entrepreneurship, um, they're not going to be able to give you solutions outside of, oh, I can create this really pretty logo for you. 
Um, we've helped businesses completely reimagine what their company um, marketing is over three or four different verticals. And we started on just one because we asked the right questions. So those are the three I would say top um, for sure is someone who's offering more than just a service, someone who has people to talk about, you know, the fact that they know what they're talking about. And then lastly, does uh, this company have a plan for your business outside of what they're mm -hmm. trying to offer? Well, that, that's brilliant. And I, I tell you the part that I, I appreciate from your answer the most. You have actual testimonials. You, you have people that, have, uh, that you've worked with, that you've helped, that anyone who is looking for a reference can reach out to, and uh, that person who you've worked for can give a great testimony on the work that you're doing. I think if you're going to anyone uh, in business or startup or anyone that is looking to secure the services of someone who claims to be uh, an expert, then that expert should have ready references for you to call upon that can validate the quality of your work. That's my litmus test. When I get proposed, when I get the rather um, proposition by experts in anything, um, I always ask them, hey, give me a handful of names of people you've worked with. Right. Who can I call that can validate the quality of your work? And that quickly eliminates 90% of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. It really does. Exactly. It really does. So that's a great way to, to determine whether or not the person you're going to you're potentially going to work with is going to be worth the time and the investment that you're going to have to put into it um, so you can get a great return on that investment of time and energy. Carolee Moore, you're fantastic. We appreciate you being on the program yet again. Her firm, uh, folks, is CMC Marketing Company. She's located right here in Dallas. And uh, Carolee, where can people go to learn more about you and your company and the podcast? Sure. So you can find us on social at cmcmarketing.co on everything except for LinkedIn because apparently they don't like periods, so there's no period on that. Um, you can find me at Carolee Moore, C-A-R-R-O-L-E-E, -E, Moore. Uh, and then for the podcast, uh, be more with two O's, mindful.com, and you'll have access to all the episodes and behind-the-scenes information. Well, fantastic. Carolee, once again, have you, uh, having you on the show, it's been uh, a, a real treat, a real joy. You, you're continuing to bring value to my audience, and that's what it's about. So thanks for being on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Are you a busy founder or C-suite executive looking to optimize your productivity and leadership abilities? Your deep sleep could be the key. By improving your body's internal machinery without relying on coffee or sleeping pills, you can access new levels of performance, flow, and well-being. As a result, more free time with loved ones, you becoming a more effective leader, improve longevity, minimize disease risk, maximizing your impact in the world around you, and so much more. Check out thesleepconsultant.com today to learn more. Business owners, are you using QuickBooks for your credit card transactions and payroll? What if I told you there was an easier, more efficient way and that you may find tax advantages for your business? This may be for you. If so, reach out to my good friend and former guest, Alan Fibash from Heartland. If you haven't had analysis in the past 18 to 24 months on your credit card processing payroll, now's the time. Reach out to Alan Fibash from Heartland at 972 972-989. 1316 972-989-1316 Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host Jay Mamie Welcome back everyone to the Jay Mamie Talk Show In our final segment I wanted to answer questions that I have been sent by my listeners Now my listeners are expanding the globe as I uh, <laughs> as I often say because boy I get letters when I say letters, I mean emails and messages, whether it's through LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn uh, and a number of different ways that I receive correspondence from my listeners. And I appreciate the fact that people are listening and they are paying attention because the content that I come up with is designed to help you think and make adjustments if adjustments are necessary. And uh, But I don't take enough time to answer some of the questions that people often send me when they hear an episode or two that they enjoy that maybe triggers in them uh, a sense of intrigue or interest to learn further. And I've got two 
excellent questions that I've been holding on to them for these last couple of months because when the timing was right, I wanted to present them so that way our listeners can really appreciate the fact that, can realize I appreciate them and I want to address their concerns. Here's the first question that comes from, I'm not going to give the full name, but I will say N. Taylor. N. Taylor is writing me, is emailing me. Uh, all the way from London. So I'm excited about our listenership in London. We've had a number of fantastic guests on the program from London. So I, I'm presuming this is an extension of that audience. Uh, nonetheless, Nate wants to know, Jay, how do you begin to recover from failure? How do you begin to recover from failure? Now, he wasn't specific in what type of failure, so I don't know exactly the, the dynamics of the failure he's referring to, but generally the principles for recovery are the same. Now, if you speak to 10 different people, I'm sure there's 10 different answers that you can have from, from those individuals uh, based on their experiences on recovery. I can only share with you, Nate, mine from the failures that, hey, we've all had failures, right? So I've had, a, I've had my fair share too. Uh, I can share with you that you recover by first reassessing. Recovery demands, requires reassessment. What are you reassessing? You reassessing a few things. Number one, the decisions that you made along the way that may have been the catalyst for things going wrong. We all make decisions, right? Now, sometimes those decisions pan out, sometimes they don't. But we know whether or not those decisions were healthy or not healthy based on the outcome. Isn't that true? So if failure is the outcome, and I mean utter failure, I don't mean stumbling blocks along the way. We all have stumbling blocks that that we recover from. They're not really failure. They're just stumbling blocks. But when you fail, that means you've given it all you've got. You've tried everything and it just didn't work out. You have to understand that recovery from that type of failure requires you to reassess the decisions you made early on and then learn from those decisions so that you don't repeat the process. The challenge with failure is that most people, when they experience it, they don't go back to reassess. They don't revamp. So therefore, they repeat. They repeat the same decisions, the same bad habits, the same uh, protocol that they may have followed all along, which led them to failure. So Nate, if you want to recover, reassess those decisions, revamp them to avoid repeating them, and then re-engage. You have to re-engage so that you don't allow discouragement, disappointment, and sometimes even depression root its ugly head and thwart you from trying again. Nate, that's the best I got, brother. It's worked for me. I hope it works for you. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Looking forward to having you come back next Sunday for your next hour of Thrive Time.